Well, they're championed as more efficient and energy-saving, and so LED lights have been steadily lighting up our world. They're in our screens, homes, and supermarkets, and increasingly in our outdoor environment too. Those old billboards are on the way out in the big cities. Instead, we get flashing billboards that change every few seconds. LEDs are used for road signs and car headlights. But spare a thought for some people who actually suffer from the use of LEDs. In fact, in some countries there's been pushback, even campaigns to ban them. Kat Makara is one of those badly affected by LED light pollution, and she joins us now from Governor's Bay. Hi there, Kat. Kia ora, Jessie. How are you going? Good. Thanks for getting in touch, and um, thanks for volunteering to give us a bit of a different perspective on these lights. Tell us how LED lighting affects you. Yes, well, first of all, I just want to say that I've had a lot of people who knew I was coming on here say, give me quotes and things about how badly it's affecting them. So this is really on behalf of a lot of people who don't have a voice because often they're people who are beaten down by these issues, whether it's from an autoimmune condition or a post-concussion syndrome, um, things that can make light um, glaring worse. And it's much worse with LED lights generally than the old incandescent lights. So I've really been, um, had people pleading with me, tell them about this, tell them about yeah. that. And so I'm just trying to narrow it down to something that will fit in the 10-minute you know, slot. So, <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Um, yeah, give us a bit of a taste of it. So, so for example, just coming from my um, angle, I've got an autoimmune condition. And so a light that will look bright to one person, if they've got something else going on with their visual processing system or the structure or physiology of their eye, can actually look very different to someone else. So we're not all actually seeing the same thing. And I think it's huh. really important to actually acknowledge is that the reality we all see, we think it's objective, but actually the way we're processing with our brains is actually quite different from person to person. I mean, think about a person who's got colour blindness, for example. Yeah. They're seeing something quite different. So, I mean, this actually works in across so many sort of different parts of our physiology. But we tend to think what we're experiencing is what everyone else is experiencing. And I think that's where some of the intolerance to the more sensitive people who have some of these issues can come from because there's that lack of understanding. So that's one of my main points I want to get across today is if someone says to you, hey, that light's too bright and you're not thinking it is, it doesn't mean they're exaggerating. Yeah, they're experiencing it differently than than you are. Can you give us a a sense of what it's like for you? Which LED sources cause you the most problems and what's the experience like? Well, for me, I have a lot of problem with just the general brightness. So you know how cars have headlights, but they also have daytime running lights, which are often below the headlight, and they're actually going all the time when the car is switched on. They're a very, very strange light to my brain. So as I'm driving, I'm feeling nauseous because these lights are coming towards me, and my brain is just not coping with them, and it wants to look at them because they're going... My brain is saying, look, this is not natural, this is not natural, and you sort of get drawn to looking at them. So by the time I get to my destination, I'm exhausted from pulling my eyes away from being sort of drawn into these lights. It's almost Mm. like a moth to a flame, if you like. Have you had uh, like a doctor or a medical professional explain to you that that, that that's what's going on and that is one of the symptoms of this autoimmune disorder you've got? 
Uh, yeah, so I have an autoimmune disorder that affects the eyes, and, and so it is not everyone who has it does get the photophobia, which is the sort of aversion to light, but a lot of people do. Um, and in fact, on the support group I belong to, in the New Zealand support group for Sjogren's syndrome, there was lots of people who said, yes, I also experience exactly what you're experiencing. But the worst thing for me, the most debilitating, and I would say it's a disability, is if I'm driving along, and increasingly these lights are being used now, it's a rapidly strobing usually orange light on traffic management vehicles or mm. council trucks, like yeah. you know, council count contracting trucks. They're ra- really rapidly flashing, and I've noticed that it's the rapidity that really causes my brain to go into shutdown mode. So I actually cannot look at them, so I actually have to shield my visor or my arm, which becomes dangerous because you don't necessarily see pedestrians stepping out mm. or a cyclist. And in fact, cyclists can be the worst Sometimes they have these strobing lights. It's to do with the rate of the strobing. So if you think about someone with epilepsy, there'll be a certain threshold where a strobing light could trigger a seizure. Now, epilepsy is not the only place where that can happen. If you have anything kind of going on neurologically, which my disease can also cause neurological issues, then that can also have a threshold effect. And it's the same with migraine headaches. So many people with migraines can actually even be triggered by looking at a billboard, for example, because they have LED lights in them. And the light is actually not something that's that compatible with general human physiology. It's a very different light. You think about um, the warnings on an LED torch. They say, do not shine this in somebody's eye. Yeah. That's really important. When they first came out, everyone was like, don't shine a torch in someone's eye. And people have kind of forgotten that we're having all of these bits of LED light constantly coming at us. And there is actually concern that there's going to be cumulative damage to our retinas, especially for children, because children's retinas are actually quite vulnerable. And they're walking around on the street at the level of where the car headlights are kind of shining in their faces. And kids don't know to look away necessarily. So we're all being exposed to just this accumulation of that. And, and they, they're quite concerned about macular degeneration actually happening at a younger and younger age after we move through this period of time we've brought LEDs in. So it's actually a little bit of a concern, not just for people who are sensitive, but generally for society. Yeah, you, you say they are worried about it. Um, yes. Who is that in particular? Because I, I don't think I've heard any of these concerns well, raised before. Yes, it's interesting who you talk to, obviously, um, and what their angle is. For example, if you talk to someone in the lighting industry, they will be completely gung-ho about how wonderful LED lighting is, for obvious reasons. You talk to optometrists, they may or may not have researched this stuff. It depends on how much they're keeping up with the latest research. But if you think about an optometrist or someone who's selling products that are to do with helping you with your eyes, they're not necessarily going to want to go out and seek what the cause of these issues are. They really want to sell you the products to help with the problems down downstream, if you like. So it's, it's very interesting. If you start getting into um, connecting with people who are having concerns around the world, in, in Europe, for example, I think in France, they banned the use of LED lights in children's toys because they were noticing children would be holding the toys up to their faces. And they've got this thing called the precautionary principle in many countries in Europe where they actually don't wait, they don't sort of let you just release the technology into the environment. They they want to check it out first carefully, whereas in countries like America and maybe maybe New Zealand, I'm not really sure generally, but it's sort of let it out into the environment, let people play with it, and then we'll see what the issues are. Yeah, that, that's a common model for new products, isn't it? And um, yeah. 
you know, obviously I don't have time or the ability to fact check everything you're saying here, no, but no. undeniable is your own experience, the experience of people who have got in touch with you. And I see as recently as last year, The Guardian is reporting that an increase in LED lighting, quote, risks harming human and animal health. They're talking in particular there about new research from University, new at the time, research from University of Exeter, which had talked about the possible impact on melatonin uh, in the human body. Have you come across that one before? Oh, absolutely. The circadian rhythm, it's huge. And I actually um, today wanted to focus on people who are suffering from you know, things where it makes them particularly sensitive. Yeah. But everybody in general is, and metabolic health is being... Um, it's, it's, it's a big issue. And an example of um, where the, people can make a difference in their own lives now is if you've got a street light that's shining through your bedroom window or a neighbour's security light that's switched on all night, really important to get blue, um, blocking curtains that block out the light because even if you can fall asleep with that light coming into your bedroom, it doesn't take much of an LED light to actually stop you from getting into the deep, really restorative, restful sleep. And there is science around this. Very interesting. Um, yeah. yeah, yeah. And so cancer and, other, and metabolic diseases like diabetes and things like that, really important. And there's always, there's constantly... From a lack, of, lack of good quality sleep, yeah. Yes, Absolutely. Um, and I have, I have quotes from people who have been really badly affected, and I could just re- read one, just one here. I'm a teacher and have to keep my classroom lights off as much as possible because the LEDs. I have found it calms the kids' behaviour overall as well. Obviously, I can't always do this, but I really notice a difference to my eyes and headaches and concentration and the kids' behaviour when I have the lights off. Yeah. So, so a good mix of anecdotal and, and I guess, um, sort of more traditional research that you're talking about here. Yes. Um, and, yeah. and we haven't talked much about the benefits here. Certainly the environmental benefits are trumpeted, you know, that's seen as a great win, replacing those ah. old-fashioned light bulbs. Um, I can tell you something to say about that as well. But my point is... It will be hard, I think, to convince people to rethink LEDs given their ubiquity and their perceived benefits. Oh, I don't see it going backwards, but I have two pleas. I have two pleas from today. One is that please in New Zealand, let's never completely ban incandescent lights. The Labour government tried to ban it back in 2000 and around 2007, and then, then the national government actually got in and reversed that ban, so that actually almost happened in this country, and people who are light sensitive who have incandescents in their house are desperate to be able to keep those. They really, really want to keep them. They don't want to have to take migraine medication every day. They don't want to have to deal with these awful lights. People, you know, they're really, really saying to me, please don't let them ban incandescent lights. So that's one thing. And the other thing is, for me personally, and those who are affected about strobing lights when they're driving around and they're really concerned about traffic safety, this is a safety issue, a really simple fix for that would be for regulation that you would slow that flash rate down because all you have to do is to stop that overwhelm, that sensory overwhelm that can happen to people with my issues, people with autism, people with all sorts of uh, migraines and things, if you could just slow it down, that would solve that problem quite quickly. So that's an easy fix. So I know LEDs aren't going anywhere, but there are some things we can do for some of those people who are suffering right now. Hey, thank you so much for making your voice heard on this, uh, Kat, very articulately too. Nice to talk to you today. Thanks, Um, Jessie. Do you have a Facebook group or something if people want more correspondence from you? Yes, um, well, there's a band blinding Facebook, but I can actually send you through some more links in addition to what I did send you because I thought of a couple more. <laughs> no and doubt, really but just for people listening today, is is there you know if they want to sort of stay on the um, 
on the updates for this? You haven't got a Facebook page or any sort of group? I don't personally. I okay. don't have the energy for that. But, no. there's, but there's books and things I can recommend. Okay, so, yeah. cool. Nice to talk to you, Kat. Thanks so much. Thank you. Okay. I-